Hey there, this is Adam Zekas with Tom Kissingbear from the IDP Read and React IDP Podcast right here at DLF. Uh, say hello, Tom. It's you, chap golly good gosh. Here I am. Uh, great. Uh, anyway, um, if you're interested in getting started with IDP and Dynasty Leagues or looking for a way to dominate your IDP Leagues, then our show is for you. Isn't that right, Tom? Ah, yes, my good man. And of course, I bring the coveted data and insight that can only come from a monarch-loving, tea-slurping, crumpet muncher such as myself. Yep, very very cool, Tom. Very cool. Um, Well, you can find our podcast right here in the DLF Family of Podcast feed on DynastyFootball.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Read and React. Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing Got em, but I've been paid up I even started from the bottom, see I don't wait up I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said In the first, you can curse all you want You can pray in your church, but I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn for the feeling I earn I'ma win it's a turn, you had a cheek before I drop you like the beat, I'm an addict and I'm not really ashamed, I'm an addict I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing, I'm an addict Russ and Rocky, other names Trade addicts pie Let's go I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Petrella, and I also have a trading problem. And I am Steve, and I also have a trading problem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 224, yes, of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we will... Thankfully, as compared to last week, like, we wanted news. We wanted news. We got news. I'm glad there's no news. Yeah. Like, whew. It wasn't a lot of fun news last week. Yeah. And no major. Steve already broke the seal on saying, thankfully, no one got injured. So I can say it now, and it's still Steve's fault if anything does go wrong. Thankfully, no big injuries. So going, going strong. Football is here. Football is happening. The Fantasy Football Expo is happening in a couple of days. And I am, let's just say I'm psyched. That's that's putting it gently and mildly and nonchalantly. You're, you're psyched. This is a, You've been to like all of them. This is my first one. I'm psyched. It does not get old. There is no, like. <laughs> As you can tell from my voice. Brand new every single year. Just. Uh... Yeah. Okay. So, Steve, you're new to the show. Clearly, you're uh-huh. not new to this earl or this earth because you're old, and <laughs> I'm making fun of you more than I normally would because a. How much Steeler stuff are you wearing right now? It's just a hat and a shirt. That's it. That's two things too many. <laughs> and I will literally never get over you beating me by less than a freaking point. In my own dang league's finals. 
Yes. Highlight of my dynasty career for sure was <laughs> best Christmas Eve, Chris, early Christmas present. Doug Martin just couldn't get it done for you, buddy. Not so muscle hamster. Okay. Why don't you, I mean, say a little bit about yourself. I know you are actually part of the cool kids club. You are part of the cool kids club. That is just my friends. I mean, at this point we've been, man, we just met through a random league at some point, right? Like uh, four ish years ago at this point, like it feels like four or five years Correct. ago. Yeah. I think it was your, your cartoon do-gooders league, the, the one that, that uh, took you down in the finals. Then, so. The one that you beat me in the finals. Then for some reason I kept talking to you <laughs> and kept inviting you into leagues. We're in like four or five leagues together and I run them all. I think this is, yeah. do you want to know what self-loathing and self, you know, harm and self a glutton for punishment that's it yeah like self-destruction and all of those other things looks like it's me bringing this guy into all of my leagues because yeah whatever okay well let's do our little interviewee thing how long have you been playing fantasy football for been playing fantasy football since 1995 see old like you said i'm old about it anymore this is the old guys podcast Back yeah. in the days of, of USA Today and, you know, hand calculating scores. I, it's funny, like, I, it makes me feel young that while I stid, still did my fantasy scoring by hand, even though it was fantasy hockey back then, I at least looked up the scores on America Online dial-up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to make sure nobody was, picked up the phone, though. No. Nah. <laughs> you couldn't have, yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Um, you know, there wasn't even real, like, you couldn't go to ESPN. There was just a button that said sports, <laughs> you know, that, that's how far back it was. So, okay, 1995, you were playing fantasy football for, do you remember anything about your first draft by any chance? Like, do you remember who, like, your earliest pick was? I don't remember that, but I do remember there was a Monday night game, and I needed, like, I don't know. It, it was standard scoring back then, no PPR, at least in that league. And I think I needed, like, 10 or 12 points or something like that. And I had Favre and Robert Brooks. And it was the game where Favre threw a, it was like a 98 yard touchdown or something like that to, to Brooks pretty early in the game. And so that's pretty much my only memory of that, that first season. So I know I had Favre and Brooks. So back then I probably took Favre in the first round. (laughs) (laughs) See, like, unfortunately saying you had Brett Favre doesn't really age you too well. Cause he retired like four years ago at this point. He just played for way too long. That's like saying, I remember drafting Tom Brady. Some people may have no clue who Robert Brooks is. Well, yes, that's fair. Also, I'm sure there's many people listening who were born after you started playing fantasy football. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, take that. All right, how long have you been playing Dynasty for? Started Dynasty in 2005. Oh, so. even, a fant- uh, even a Dynasty old-timer. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you remember rookie drafts back then? Do you remember who some of your early picks were? I don't remember my first rookie draft pick, to be honest. I remember the first startup because I couldn't find a league that I wanted to play in, so I just started my own. Uh, yep. which is still going. And uh, oh, wow. I remember I, I got the number two, we did random order and I got the number two pick and it was between, I, I wanted either Des or OBJ and the guy with the one one took Des. So that worked out since <laughs> OBJ lasted a little bit longer than Des did. So, but that league's still going. So 
All right. What are some of the best and worst trades you've made while this time in Dynasty? So I knew this, obviously, question was coming. So I picked one old and and one new for each of these. So uh, let's start with the worst. So old, worst trade. I joined a a Debbie League um, first time, and, and it was right after, I forgot what year, right after Todd Gurley's rookie year. And I had Gurley. I, I just inherited the team. Um, and it was shallow lineup, so studs are all the more important. And I traded Gurley for Michael Floyd, Devontae Parker, and a Debbie depleted first. So Michael Floyd, he was going to be the guy. Larry Fitzgerald was going to retire. Michael Floyd was going to be the guy. I'm telling you, it was going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, it took a while to... to, to Parker that, that, did have that fifth-year breakout, so... Yeah, but I think that was, like, before his second year or something. So I'm not even sure he was still on my team by the time he broke out, so that was unfortunate. And then more recently, bad trade, uh, which for us, this was in one of your leagues, so you'll probably remember this. Uh, just last year, now, my only defense is it was a complete teardown, but I traded Debo kind of four or five weeks into the season for Rondale Moore and a second. So like at the beginning of the season, that's a decent haul. And then Debo (laughs) happened. (laughs) And then Rondale didn't really happen because Rondale did happen at the beginning of the season. Wasn't Debo already happening four or five weeks into the season? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it was, I I was looking back at, I was looking back at that uh, lead chat, Russ and, I was I read like how I tried to justify it and it was just painful to read my my justification of how I multiple makes you feel better, man. That's 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 all that matters. Whatever makes you feel better. Even if it ends up working in the long run, which is highly unlikely, I obviously could have gotten Debo late more for more for him later. So so then on the on the flip side, good trade. So old trade, uh, David Johnson's rookie year. If you remember, Deion Lewis was kind of the thing for the, mm-hmm. the Patriots that year. And uh, I traded Deion Lewis in a third for David Johnson in a first. Oof. And that trade literally got done on Saturday. And on Sunday, Deion Lewis tore his ACL. Ah, was <laughs> he it... couldn't even give him a couple of games before he felt like a jerk. <laughs> was about that in David season? Johnson. Yeah, in season. Before, yeah, if I remember correctly, Johnson didn't really break out till more of the second half. Right? That's right. Like the last yeah. six or seven games. Yeah. 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 So that's uh, that one worked out nicely. And then more recently, I traded. Now this one was it's kind of cheating because it was just offered to me and it was a smash accept. But tra- wrong in that six, it was a sixteen team league. I traded Josh Jacobs. So this was twenty. 21 before the rookie draft. So I traded Josh Jacobs for the 101. So I knew that was going to be Taylor. And then a 2022 first. No, I'm sorry, a 2021 first, which also turned into the one-on-one, which I used to which I used to take Kyle Pitts because it's tight end premium 16 team league. So I essentially oh got goodness. Pitts and Jonathan Taylor for Josh Jacobs. But, then the first the first one-on-one was known one-on-one. Yeah, it was the known one. Uh, that was a bad trade at the, for that guy at the time. I mean, that Josh Jacobs has never been worth any one on one, let alone a plus. I mean, his rookie year, he some people took him one on one. That's that's about it. That, that's the only time he was worth one on one in his draft. I actually like. I mean, the the thing that makes that trade a little bit worse is like I think two weeks. I mean, it ended up obviously very well for me, but two weeks before that, because that was also during the time where like Tyreek Hill was. You know, I think he had been cleared, but 
it was coming out of all this possible suspension talk and all that kind of stuff. So I was just sick of having him on my team. So I had traded Tyreek Hill and Noah Fant for Jacobs. And I can't remember. I think I got a draft pick too. Um, but so like that was a bad trade, but then I got saved by somebody offering me. Only way to fix a bad trade for, for Jacobs. So let's make another one. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's right. What is a guiding principle you take with you, whether you are offering or evaluating a trade? Yeah, so when I'm offering a trade, the, what I try and keep in mind is it's it's more likely or it's it's going to be fair value if I'm not sure if I want to be it to be accepted or not. That's just kind of the way I, I look at it. If if I send a trade and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for the answer if somebody's going to accept or not, it's it's probably not you know a good <laughs> offer. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. That's fine. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying I don't send those anyway sometimes. I'm just saying that if if I'm looking for a fair deal, then that's usually the way I try. Russ definitely sends those. Russ definitely sends bad offers. (laughs) Sometimes on purpose, sometimes not on purpose. Everybody sends bad. If if you don't send bad offers, you're not sending enough trades. That's, That's the way I look at it. I send plenty of bait offers too. I just, I just uh, needle rust for it, but. Oh yeah. And I lean right into it because he's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the good thing about Russ though, is you just, you call him out on it and then he goes, yeah, I don't, I, I was just clicking buttons. That's, yeah. That's the <laughs> yep. So super funny story. A few weeks ago, we did that huge trade with me and Andrew Hall, where I traded all those like Tom Brady, Melvin Gordon, Allen Robinson, uh, Chris Godwin for a bunch of picks. And the whole back and forth with two of us where I sent him, I'm like, fine, let's just do it. I send him the trade. And he's like, this is worse than we were. T- what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, man, dude, no, I, I missed a button. My bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm bored the other day and I just start sending trades out. And I sent him something like, oh, what was it? I can't remember what t- it was like a tight end, Dar- uh, Dalton Schultz and a third for Judy and a second. And, like, I literally did not for a second think of the value of this. He just – he's competing, and he doesn't have a tight end. So he literally just replies. He's like, is this another one of those when you miss the button? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, no, this one I meant to send. I was just hoping you were so desperate for a tight end that you weren't paying attention to the pick swap. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes it's not. All right. But like I said before, there is no news. So you get your decision nice and early. Steve, do you want to do trade addicts trades or listener questions first? We've got a lot of trades. So I think we should start with the trades. Sweet. Trade addicts trades. No. Yes. Trade addicts leagues. That's the right phrase. Trade addicts leagues, 12 team super flex PPR tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception with 0.05 points for return yards, except for TA1. And we got a few of those today. Starting off first with me and Rocky's trade of said mentioned Dalton Schultz. I traded, no, not going to say who traded what. (laughs) We have to, you know, put Steve on on the hot seat to see who he's back in here. Dalton Schultz, a 23 second and a 24 second for Hollywood Brown and Tyler Higby. I think this one's fairly even I'd lean the Hollywood and Higby side. Um, I just, I mean, I think Schultz will be fine this year, but I don't think long-term there's, there's much there. And so I just, I'd rather have the upside of Hollywood. 
Me too, and I didn't get that side. <laughs> so I think my original offer was Schultz in two twenty three seconds for, for Hollywood, Hollywood alone, yeah. because he's been trying to get Hollywood from me for a while now. So I'm like, let's just see if it'll work. Like, 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 and then we went back and forth a couple of times, and I think I sent him Schultz the twenty three and twenty four second for Hollywood, and then you came back with Hollywood and Higby. Higby. I'm like, I'm not going to say no because of Higby. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, so I took it anyway. And the truth is, this is my TA one team, which I have no idea what the heck I'm doing with. Where I traded all of those producing players for a lot of picks. So I'm like, all right. So I need to still score points because I physically can't get my first back. More to come on that story in a, in a few. And I still need to score points, but I need to build picks. I need to rebuild this team a bit. And while I love Hollywood and I think he's going to do freaking great, I still getting two seconds and getting a guy who will do well this year. Like you said, he'll be fine this year. At keeping me out of the top three is like my goal. Like if I could finish 104, like if I could finish 105, 106, I might as well have won the freaking championship. Like this is that, that league where that guy's holding you ransom for that. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Your, your pick. Yes. So, yeah. So, I really do want to rebuild, but without my own firsts, I can't really do it. So this is my version of that. This is me getting down a little bit on, like, this is a clear downgrade for points because, again, I think Hollywood's going to be awesome. But two seconds in what should be stronger classes to me seemed good. So I was happy with it. Yeah, and I just, like you said, I we both love Hollywood. I, I'm super, I think he's going to be a top 10 guy this year um, with Kyler, reuniting with Kyler. And, uh, I just let, like you said, I, I didn't want to give up both seconds. You, you, you kind of backed down on that. And the only reason I threw in Higby is because I have Hawkinson and I have zero behind him. And we know Hawkinson, you know, I had Hawkinson and Schultz and we know Hawkinson is not the, the picture of health. And I don't like to say injury prone, but I, I wanted to have some, a body I could throw in there. If, yeah. uh, if Hawkinson does get hurt again, that's the only reason I added Higby into it. But yeah, I think it's a pretty fair deal. I just, I did, I have two twenty, like you said, the, I have those two twenty-three seconds. So they're like the only picks I have in twenty-three. So I, I kind of didn't want to trade both of them, and uh, and yeah, I think it's a pretty fair deal. So are you, you're competing then, Rocky? Those are gonna be, I is that am, gonna be a late the, second? It, it's probably well, no, one of these said the twenty-three second. I think is his actually. Oh, uh, okay. I, I think I, I'm not sure what the other one is. But, I wasn't uh, picky as long as I was getting one of them. I was fine with it, like because I, honestly I don't remember whose they were or anything, so I didn't even look when like because I knew he had more than one. But when these came back, I'm like, whatever. If it's one of the seconds, that's fine. Yeah, so, so I, I think I think it was his second, which it's it's probably going to be a higher second. So yeah, it's a pretty fair deal. Next trade: DeAndre Hopkins for a 23 second and 24 second. Do you need to give up two seconds for Hopkins? Like, should a twenty-three second be enough for Hawkins? I mean, I'm I'm not even letting Hopkins go for this right now. I feel really? like if you're still on Hopkins now, you're probably selling them low. I mean, at least wait for him to come back. I feel like some people at this time of year they just you know they get impatient and they feel like I got get rid of him. I mean, even if you're rebuilding, he's not he's not scoring you points until he comes back. So I just unless you think he's 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 washed, which I don't. So. so- so this was me, and I just got Hollywood and gave up two seconds. So I was like, if I can get two seconds for Hopkins, I can recruit the seconds, 
and I don't have to worry about having both Arizona wide receivers. I killed two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. And I, I offered this to like four different people who had multiple seconds. And this was the only all the other three got rejected. This is the only one that got accepted. But yeah, I'm not big on Hopkins anyway. I, I've talked about that a lot. I, I think last year a lot of it was touchdown dependent. And he's going to miss six games this year. Anyway, he's 30. He's going to have no value after this year, whatever value he has now is going to be even less. So I, I was happy to get the two seconds. I, nobody else was giving me two seconds. I wasn't sure I was going to get it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess if, uh, you know, a lot of these depend are kind of league dependent in terms of how many people you have that are contending versus rebuilding. And you, you're right. Yeah. You certainly have a limited market for, for Hopkins. So. And I'm not super heavy on picks in that league, like I said. And so I was happy to get the two picks back that I just gave to Russ to get Hollywood. So. <laughs> Next trade, and this is the one where the story will come in afterwards. T. Higgins for Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. See, this is one of those where you said it's, it, you know, you don't want to call it good because it got offered to you and you accepted. I'm fine. <laughs> like, I saw this and I'm like, I really should accept this, but I don't want to lose T. Higgins because I love T. Higgins. But I'm like, I have to do this. And yeah. how long did you think about that? 10 seconds? It that's was all, like a good entire time it took you to say that. Twelve to fifteen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this has to be because of the elbow, right? I mean, without the elbow, there's no way someone offers this deal. I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was not, but yeah, I thought this was insane when I saw it come through. I mean, I think in ADP, Cup is ahead of Higgins. I, I could be wrong about that. But even no, you're if you, probably right, but I don't think he is in trade value. Yeah, I mean, you're probably like, right yeah. too on the trade value thing. But you can, it's it's close. I cop to Higgins to me is not that far apart. It's, it's certainly not a Matthew Stafford apart right. super flex, <laughs> which is which is what's crazy about it. Like you said, maybe maybe he was worried about the elbow thing, which is seeming less and less a concern as each day goes by. He's participating in all the practices. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a major issue. I'm sure he's not going to play in the preseason, but it doesn't look like there's any danger of a missing week one. Yeah. Um, he he made the point. He's like, look, would you have accepted Cooper Cup or Matt Stafford for T. Higgins? And I said no. Like, pretty easily, I just said no. Mostly, like, first of all, because of the state of my team, and second of all, because it's me and that guy. <laughs> I mean, it's me and T. Higgins. So he's like, I was fine offering both, so I offered both. I'm like, I'm glad you're happy because I'm happy too. And that means it was a good trade. I don't care. You know, yeah, he paid a little extra. But here's here's the, the next part of this story. And this next trade is also part of this story. I don't remember what my actual offer was. I offered you Cooper Cup for J.K. Dobbins and... Diggs, I think. Oh, yeah, Diggs and Dobbins. <laughs> Which was a little asking a bit much for Cup in yes. the first place. But his reply was, um, Diggs is not a, what was it? Diggs is not a staffer. Oh, I can't remember. Pretty much saying I got my guys too cheap, so he's not going to pay me a normal price for them. Just beside <laughs> the fact that I was asking too much anyway. And pretty shortly after that, I get an offer in my inbox of, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, Isaiah Pacheco for my 23 first from the guy who's holding it hostage. (laughs) And I literally go, what? And hit reject. Like my, my comment was literally just what question mark. He messaged me. He's like, 
well, you were willing to trade T. Higgins for your first, and you just traded away T. Higgins for that. I'm just like, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think what I had said was that if uh, if Cup is a Stafford away from from Higgins, then he's he's. I don't think I need to pay that much. To, uh, Diggs and Cup are close enough that I don't I don't need to pay that much on top of them. Like, oh yeah, my offer wasn't yeah. great. Like, I just yeah. I, I wanted to send try and send him to you because I know you're one of the few people that just wouldn't care about his age or anything like that but you really didn't have the pieces to make it work. So I yeah, just no. did anyway. But I, I, every league is its own market. 1000% the truth. Every league is its own market. One trade doesn't set the price in that market. Just because someone traded someone away cheaply doesn't mean you'll be able to get them that cheaply from that guy. In another league I'm in, someone sold DJ Moore, what I thought to be for half price i went and i offered like four fifths price for dj Moore, and they all got rejected why first of all that dude's happy he just got dj Moore for very little second of all he values him correctly just because someone else was willing to let him go for a lower price than he should be worth doesn't mean that changes the price i'm not giving away stafford a cup and something else for a first especially when right now with Cup and Stafford on my team at first is worse than it is when I get it back. So you take it, you make it, you keep it, and you it'll be worse. Take that. I was, I was gonna say that that Stafford Cup trade definitely helped you uh, keep your first from being the one hundred and one. So I mean, I still only have like six start worthy players, but you know, I'm six tenths there. <laughs> <laughs> so the next trade, which was the reason I was upset, was because Rocky then did trade away J.K. Dobbins for Aaron Jones and Adam Thielen. What do you think about that, Steve? I'm on the Jones-Thielen side there, uh, for sure. I mean, I like Dobbins, but there's a lot of unknown there with coming back from the injury and doesn't catch passes, everything we've always heard about Baltimore, you know, running backs. And I think Aaron Jones, I mean, we know Green Bay's, their wide receivers are not very good right now. So hey man, Romeo Dubs is all like the one on one all of a sudden. We'll get to that later. <laughs> you're so smart especially man, if Steve, picking my especially if you're crazy. contending. I mean and, and Thielen, I mean I it's not quite free Thielen because I think a lot of people would probably have Dobbins over Jones, but um, but it's close to free Thielen to me. So it's I didn't consider him free Thielen, but that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I, I definitely value Dobbins over Jones, but I do think Jones, there's a decent chance he outscores Thielen. I mean, uh, Dobbins this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love I love Aaron Jones for this year. And uh, I think, <clears throat> you know, if you look at the splits without Adams, they're fantastic for Aaron Jones. So even with A.J. Dillon there, I think he's going to pile up the points. And Thielen, I, I'm not – I'm not even super big on Thielen in 2022. I'm not certain he's, this isn't the year maybe he falls off or something, but he seemed to be the best value that fit in terms of trying to get – I knew I had to get something on top of, of Aaron Jones. I, I didn't feel good trading Dobbins for Jones straight up. So, And I figured this guy uh, – you know, most people don't really value Thielen very highly anyway, so I just figured I could throw him in there and hopefully get some points. <sighs> Man, that age gap, though. Like, that's that's what's – like, this – if you don't win this year, that's going to yeah. hurt. It, especially because the rest of my team is kind of Aaron Jones and, and Adam Thielen types in terms of age, yes. It's it's very – Like, uh, value-wise, to me, you're right. This is completely fine. But, man, 
Dobbins is, is young and good. And Aaron Jones is considerably for a running back, considered for a running back to be old and good. And I don't know about feeling either. Like I want him to still keep being a thing because he's good, but it might just be KJ Osborne time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You were saying no. about, I need to win. Like, like I just pulled up my roster, Eckler, Fournette, uh, uh, Jones, uh, Thielen, Diggs, Cooper, Hollywood is might be the youngest guy on my team. Keenan Allen, uh, and TJ Hawkinson. So it, it's, it's very, very old. So, uh, if I don't win, it's going to be a problem. Cause like we said earlier, I'm not heavy on the picks either. I got, I got a couple seconds, but that's about it. All right. That was our TA one trades. Next we go to TA three Clyde Edwards, Elair, Darnell Mooney, and a 23 third for Cortland Sutton and a 24 second. Give me Sutton. I love me some Sutton, and you get the higher pick. And I don't really believe in Darnell Mooney, and CH is what he is. So that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah, I saw this one on the on the sheet, and that's probably the only one on here that I couldn't make a decision. I mean, I can argue this one either way. Um, I see the point with Sutton and the higher pick for sure. I think Mooney's going to have a big year just because there's nobody else there. Um, I'd probably go Sutton in the in the second, but I'm not. It's not a slam dunk for me. The higher pick is an extra year out. To be fair, it's a 24 second yeah. over 23 third. But I, I, you know, I've been Sutton to the moon pretty much the entire non point scoring season, so I, I'm still there. And uh, he's until he proves me wrong, I'm just going to keep saying it. Yep, <laughs> and. I wanted Sutton. I knew I wasn't going to get him without sending what I felt was a strong offer. So I went over a little bit and purposely pushed that 24 out a year, hoping that it'd be like, eh, it's 24, whatever. And it just got like, this was how it was offered. So see, I could send good offers every once in a while. <laughs> uh, like that's really what it was. I've been trying to get Sutton for like a week and a half and I wasn't able to. And I made sure I went and got one. And then it got ruined for me very quickly. Because I then received a trade offer of Travis Kelsey, Cortland Sutton, Captain America, and a 2023 <laughs> first for Jalen Waddle, Mark Andrews, and Quez Watkins. That's a big trade. I stared at that this is a big trade. for a long time. I put it in almost every group chat that this guy was not in. What do I do? I don't want to take this, but I think I have to. Why don't you want to take it? Because I just got something <laughs> and I wanted him. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I couldn't not take it. So I took it. I mean, I love Jalen Waddle. Mark Andrews is very good. And like, think about it. This swapping Kelsey and Andrews cut that, like they're to me even enough. And then Sutton and a first for Waddle. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. It all make, like value wise, I think it makes perfect sense. It's fine. Yeah, that's the, that's kind of the way I broke it down too. The, and I would have, and I think most people have Andrews over Kelsey at this point too. So you're actually, I think, getting a little bit extra there. Um, even if you want to call Sutton in the first for Waddle, even 
And and I think I, I think it was last week I said I, I have Waddle as my wide receiver four. So I, to me, this was a slam dunk. Like I thought you made out. I mean, not that it's a steal. Value wise, I agree it's pretty close. But I just thought I I would definitely take your side if I saw that come in too. And I was a little surprised that this actually happened because Nick Martinez, who sent this to you, he's a I know he's a huge Waddle guy. He has him like everywhere. And but. He, he's been trying to compete in TA3. He has been competing, and he hasn't been able to, to get over the top. So I, I think that's kind of what, what, what pushed this to, to some extent, get get Kelsey and, and Sutton. And and I guess maybe he thinks he's getting more points. I don't know. At least and he's not part of Ben, Ben, who has three straight second places. He's going full-on Buffalo Bills this year. It's insane. Too. He has the most stacked team From you'll the ever beginning. see. Short of J-Mike, he has the most stacked team you'll ever but see. But, like – his, like I, we we saw Ben's coming into play, and there was just nothing we could do about it because he productive struggled Struggle that beautifully. J Mike, no one knows how it happened. Like, <laughs> I think he hypnotized us all somehow. But like, no, Ben just like built that team beautifully, and it just eh, it was a little bit short every single time. It's crazy. Last trade we have for TA one is David Montgomery for a twenty four first. Oh. I don't want to give a first for David Montgomery. Like, I know at this point it's like disrespect because all he does is score fantasy points, but it's a new new offense, new offensive coordinator, new head coach. We don't know that it's going to be Montgomery or nothing else as a running back. I just I don't want to give up a first for David Montgomery. That was my exact thought when I saw this trade. Is I. Even if it's 2024, I don't want to give up a first yeah. name of Montgomery. And I like him okay, but, yeah, I'm with you. And it's – I mean, I don't put a lot of stock in Camp Talk, but it sounds like Khalil Herbert may be more involved, and it is a new regime, regime so there may be something to that. And it makes sense. I mean, he played very well last year when he was yeah. given the chance. So I don't even know that we're getting the past couple of years, David Montgomery – and even for that guy, I'm not sure I want to give a first. But especially now with the Khalil Herbert potentially more involved, the, the offense looks like a total mess, like with Darnell Mooney and, and the Pips or whatever. So it's, it's yeah, it's just too much for me. I, I just, maybe if it was a 2025 first, I could do it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you got to run with the first year. I mean, you guys already said it, but I just. I can't see a. I mean, I'm trying to get someone better than Montgomery if I'm giving up a first for sure. Yep. Next, we have TA4, where there was a trade of Jerry Judy and a 23 second for Elijah Moore and a 23 third. I think this was me. I was don't it? remember. Yeah, I think it was. Rocky, Rocky, let's hear your thoughts on this one. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I this is close for me because I do think you should have to pay up from Judy. No surprise to get to get to Elijah Moore, and he did get the high, you know he gave the higher pick with Judy. Both of these guys scare me a little bit because uh, you know I I've talked plenty on this pod about Jerry Judy, and he's he's never really done it in the league in two years, and he does have the the upgrade. But I I'm of the belief that Sutton is the guy that's going to benefit most from that. But then Elijah Moore has Zach Wilson throwing to him, which is a disaster. And he's got Garrett Wilson there and Brees Hall's going to steal targets and Corey Davis is still there. But for me, Elijah Moore at least showed us, I think showed us more flashes in a month than, than Jerry Judy has in two years. So 
I think I lean the Elijah Moore side, but it's really close. I, I'd feel better if Zach Wilson was not his quarterback. So I'm, I'd be hoping <laughs> that that year or so that won't be the case. But I, I, I kind of think Elijah Moore is going to be the wide receiver one there this year. I, I, I love Garrett Wilson as a prospect. Uh, he, I mean, he's the only guy that 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 really has on the talent level to take that wide receiver one role besides more. But I think we're going to see more if he can stay healthy this year, kind of command that Wilson's a rookie. I just think it's going to take some time and, and more played really well, albeit most of it without Wilson. So this was me. I offered this to Russ. So <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, those, those were basically my thoughts. I mean, I, I felt like more and Judy are, are basically the same, but more has more insulation. Than, than Judy does. I mean, if they both kind of have mess seasons, people are going to make excuses for for more saying it was Wilson and everything. Whereas if Judy has another one, that's three in a row and he's got Russ now. And, you know, if he can't do it with Russ, he's not going to do it. And then on top of that, that's my second, which will be late. And that's <laughs> Russ's third, which will be early. So I don't, I don't feel like that that's much of a... <laughs> <laughs> of a drop there so he won last year and i got the 101 so it's not like a hot <laughs> thing. like that's not spiteful or you know trash talk or anything it's just educated <laughs> plus you know full disclosure i also wanted to try and get a trade on the show i know russ likes judy so i was like okay let's, let's yes now it makes perfect sense i remember <laughs> thinking the exact same thing I'm like all right well i do like judy i really like elijah Moore, but i'm getting judy and technically an earlier pick and he's coming on the show. I should do a trade. Okay, yes. Then I say yes. That's actually thank you. Yes, that sparked my my memory of that's exactly how my brain process went. I'm like, they're probably close enough. I'll take a couple of extra picks. That's I did I did try and find something to, to send you to, Steve, but my, my team is such trash there that uh, basically all I have is Waddle and a bunch of guys. It's a, a, an orphan yeah. I took over this year and Nobody wants to pay up for Waddle, at least what I think he's worth. So, yeah. TF4 is so weird to me. Like overnight, I think it was last year when we got an influx of of new uh, managers, and it just went from there's no teams in the middle anymore. Like everybody's either rebuilding or they're like all in competing. Like there's nobody in between. And so, um, you know, most of the rebuilding teams already have sold off their yeah, that's know, my now team. assets, <laughs> and and most of the. Uh, you know, win now teams have sold off their, their picks and everything like that. So there's, I feel like, unfortunately it's, it's hurting the activity in that league because everybody's just kind of declared. So we need some, some training camp news and some actual games to start to move values and get some stuff going in that league. Yeah. I'm in that awful point where I have a lot of young wide receivers. I have some good young quarterbacks. I have only my first for next for 2023 right now. So I'm either giving up on young wide receivers to get picks, which I don't like to do because I like young wide receivers, or I'm hoping most, if not all, of the young wide receivers on my team hit so I could then use that first on a running back and then compete next year. Like, so I am big cross my fingers mode, like, because that's all I could really do. Yeah. When I was looking to for who to, who to offer Judy for, I went down and, like I, I figured Elijah Moore was probably the only one I had a shot at on, on that squad because you are stacked at receiver. So I like wide receivers. It's true. Speaking of TA5, the trade went down of Jameis Winston and a 23 third for Juju and a 23 second. 
I'm very glad that Rocky went for his pee break now so we can say good things about Juju and he won't bring up all of the things he just said about Jerry Judy <laughs> about Juju right now because he loves to say both of them, both the same thing for both of them. Because this was me sending away Jameis Winston in the third to get Juju in a second. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 Juju in the second here, like unless Jameis is your, your QB two and you don't think there's any other way you can get a QB, then, you know, I can I can kind of see it from there, but. I'd rather have Juju in the second. Yes, that was exactly what it was. Um, I am further back in the rebuild in TA5 where I my team is trash, 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 and I do have a decent amount of picks. But I, I had Jameis Winston for some reason. I can't remember why. And he was he's still a QB3. Like, I have three starting quarterbacks, and I'm like, why do I have three starting quarterbacks on a rebuild? <laughs> One of them is Jameis Winston. So I just did this kind of trade for as many teams as I could all of them got rejected and then this one got accepted. I'm like, that's cool. I'm fine with Juju in a second. That's fine. I mean, I, I still think Jameis could, could have a good year, but um, I'm, I, I'm yeah. a Juju. I'm a Juju believer. Um, good for I you. like him with Mahomes. I like him in KC. So uh, I'll, I'll make that trade for sure. Yeah. Okay. And now we're going to move on to TA8. <laughs> Where, like we said before, Romeo Dubs, the 101, got traded for a 24 second, where I am far too lazy and did not think ahead nearly enough to find out where Dubs got taken in that rookie draft to see how that turned into a 24 second. But really, all it took was one blurb of Aaron Rodgers saying that Romeo Dubs was good. And it goes from like a late third, early fourth to getting a second for him. And that's that's. That's what you do when blurbs come out. He's been getting a lot of blurbs. A lot of them. I saw like two, one or two. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, and we actually had a, a, it wasn't on the show a couple, I think like a week and a half ago, like when the kind of the first uh, report of him playing well came out where I traded him for a third and we didn't even include it because it was considered so minor of a deal. But <laughs> since then it's just been growing <laughs> for dubs and, uh, I was trying to find I, I'm not even sure. Oh, there he is. He's at 402 is where he went. There you go. And and I don't care I, that it's 24 to get a second out of that. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the process in me, the process, the process, the process says take the, take the 24 second and run. Um, but there's also a part of me, which is why deals like this get done, right? I mean, Watson still, isn't he on pup? I mean, it, he's not practicing, right? He wasn't on the depth chart that got released. So. I know. There's been like yeah. nothing about Watson coming out, so I, I think he's so, not practicing. I mean, I don't know. Unless you just think Watkins and Lazard are going to eat up all the targets. <laughs> like, Sammy, baby, he, let's go. He's going to play. And so I guess there's a part of me that thinks that, you know, maybe you could even get even more. So um, I don't know. But process, yeah, definitely take the second. Take your profit and, and run with it. You could, but I still think chances are more likely he starts off as like the wide receiver three or four for mm-hmm. Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust him in the regular season, and you're thrilled you got a twenty twenty four second, you know, in December, like because Romeo Dubs had like twenty five catches for three hundred and some yards or something. I mean, even if Dubs has a decent opening games, averaging four six catches. 60 ish yards and maybe scores one touchdown in the first three or four games. Like he's not going to pass being worth a second. Like you're still be fine with that. Like if he comes out as the next Devonte Adams, 
you shouldn't even feel bad because you should not have seen that coming. Yeah. Like you got, you got a two round bump for literally nothing, like for words. Like yeah. you got to take that. Like we need to get the video of the one hand. Yes. Like <laughs> diving like, in the end zone and only tapping one foot down, but it's practice. So we don't care. He only got one foot down. Yeah. You know, all the fun video stuff. Hey, the I last trade we have, I honestly don't even remember seeing this happen in TA nine. Jameis Winston for David and Joku and Harrison Bryant. So gobbling up that coveted <laughs> Cleveland tight end room. Uh, give me Winston here. QB and super flex. I'm in. I heard uh, a podcast a day or two ago where there was a beat reporter talking about David and Joko who flat out called him bad at football. Oh, so, that hurts my feelings. He was like, yeah. he said, he said, you don't hear about too many guys in their sixth year being developmental uh, prospects, <laughs> but, but that's where Njoku is. And I was just like, damn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see the potential upside with Watson. Although that doesn't make it sound like there is much upside, but, um, <laughs> but I can see that there and I can see having interest in him and, and thinking maybe he finally does something. And I think I, speaking of hearing things on a podcast, I think I heard somewhere he had, that, that they were like seventh in tight end targets in the league under Stefanski on a, on a, an offense that hasn't been oh, super sure. pass heavy. So I can see maybe the appeal, but I'm not giving up a starting quarterback in, in super flex, especially I, I think Winston is a multi-year quarterback because the Saints don't really have the capital and either money or draft picks to replace them next year. So you're probably getting two years out of Winston as a starting quarterback, and and Joku and Bryant may never be anything. This just feels like somebody trying to fix a fix a tight end problem, which I don't know. Recently, in, in recent years, just doesn't seem like a good thing to, to do. So, yeah. I mean, if you're not getting one of the top guys, it's just kind of like they're all same, same. So. Yep. That is our last trade addict trade. So now it's time on time to get on to listener questions. We have at Dynasty Beach Boy. Is it possible to win without a stud running back? By riding the waiver wire and handcuffs, I tend to trade all my studs away for wide receivers and quarterbacks. I like him so much. We play exactly the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I take over an orphan, I just really like wide receivers. Maybe I need to change my approach. You will hear me often, anytime I talk about J.D. McKissick, say running back one J.D. McKissick, it's because I picked it up from talking to Zach Reed and listening to the Dynasty Dummy so much. Oh, yeah, I'm wearing this, by the way. I'm wearing my <laughs> Dynasty Dummy shirt. Because he won a championship with J.D. McKissick as his running back one. I am a very big believer in zero RB. It is a little tougher to do now than it was back in, what, like 2014, 2015 when it was huge. But it is absolutely possible to not have a stud tight end. Uh, stud tight end. Just go get Harrison Bryant and David Njoku. And <laughs> um, God, I hope that wasn't like me, and I don't remember doing it. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't think yeah, it was. You can absolutely. I love like get a bunch of wide receivers you trust, and then just fill your roster with RB twos and like not fantasy RB twos, like RB twos on their teams, like in real life chances are one or two of them will work out to at least be startable. And assuming you made the right choices in those wide receivers and quarterbacks, you'll be fine. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at this, I think this is two separate questions. I, I agree. I think it's definitely possible to win without a stud RB. I don't know that I go as far as to say you can do it with riding the waiver wire and, and handcuffs. Like, you know, you can, you can get the, have a couple middle of the road guys and, 
and go that route. And I think you can win, but uh, waiver wire and handcuffs, that's, that's a bit of a stretch. I think it's going to be hard to win a championship like that. That, I mean, redraft. Yes. Dynasty waiver wires. No, like you need to have a good couple of them or just like, I'll never forget CJ Anderson, you know, getting, you know, picked up off the street and on everyone's waiver wire. And then he becomes a league winner. So it's still technically possible, but yeah, waiver wires in Dynasty, not so much. Yeah, I was mostly leaving this question to you guys. I'm I'm much more of a running back guy than Russ is, so I don't know if I've ever really even tried this. Like, I, I've become a little more partial to to kind of only having one stud RB. Yeah. Is uh, in the past, I, I was way more of a running back. Like, even just last year, I think in TA nine, I had uh, Eckler, which is nice, Barkley. Mm-hmm. Henry and Christian McCaffrey that, and I still had a very good season, but it did not work out so well for me in the playoffs that after losing those three guys and you know, the, the capital I had to put in to get those and where I had to sacrifice elsewhere. So uh, I, I'm more of a hero RB kind of guy. I don't know if I've ever really tried something like this. So I, I mean, it's possible to win in almost any way, pretty much possible, but it's not something I think you need at least one guy to, that and that's easier to do in the trade addicts leagues too, where Russell only makes you start one of them. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is also a very big part of it. If you have to start two running backs, yeah. it makes it harder to win without a real one. I have leaned towards the hero RB, except I don't like, I, I won't go like super. Like I still, if I let's say we're drafting, I'm still not drafting a running back before like round four. Like I'm still not taking spending early capital on a running back. I just like it's not in my soul. It's not in my code to do that. Like I just, meh, meh. Yeah, I mean, I think guys like I mean this year guys like well we've got a question about Josh Jacobs coming up, but a Josh Jacobs or a Zeke or you know the guys that are no longer studs that are kind of on the back half yeah. of their career. That's that's the strategy that just in the last two or three years I've picked up and has been very successful because I don't like paying for studs and trades at all and uh i rarely have the high enough draft picks and rookie drafts to to pick up the studs there so i have to adapt and let's use that that last phrase as a great transition to the nick martinez br question in your opinion who's the most expensive player trade wise in dynasty right now for example josh allen and superflex pits in tight end premium chase yes yep (laughs) no but like my real answer is Pitts. Yep, agreed. Because there are people, there are quarterbacks closer in value to Allen than there are tight ends closer in value to Pitts. Exactly. You can probably do Mahomes and a second for Allen and a third, and someone will just be like, all right, sure, okay. <laughs> but you aren't, you're not doing that with anyone in tight ends. That, yep. that, that, that's really all I have. Like, pure, like, how many firsts or whose value is higher in the analyzer. It might be Allen at that point, but just really based on that, where it's harder to do it within his position or even from another position, like, given the positional scarcity of tight end, I, I know a lot of people that wouldn't do the wide receiver one, like whoever, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase for Kyle Pitts, especially in a 0.75 premium or some crazy people play two tight end or 
Some people go even further and do more than two points premium. Like it just it, it it's so much harder to me for Kyle Pitts than for Josh Allen. It feels crazy me being the one saying this, but how can it not be a quarterback in Superfly? Like, are you trading Josh Allen for for Kyle Pitts? Are you trading even Pat Mahomes or Justin Herbert for Kyle Pitts? Okay, so I took the question <laughs> wrong, in the wrong direction. Yeah. Not, I, the hardest player to get as opposed yeah. to who the most valuable is. So, yeah. Um, but, I would, yeah, from that perspective, yes, is, I agree. Should, yeah. Josh Allen should be the most expensive, even though a lot of people will still have Mahomes above him in their rankings and their whatever. Josh Allen's been the QB1 for, like, the past two years, and there's no reason for him to slow down. So. Which, Props to Russ. He called in a, in a bold takes episode on Junkies too. Yes, ago. I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so Russ uh, has a little uh, family issue here. So he, he has to cut out. I'm not sure if he's going to be back or not. So we're going to keep going though, Steve. We got some more questions right. here. Uh, so next one comes from fantasy, uh, uh, hockey. Well, no, we'll go back to that one because he, he references another question. So we'll, we'll skip that one and go back to it. But KP Poker KP, one of uh, Russ's favorite Twitter handles, says, uh, in a third round reversal, what is your favorite draft slot and why is it so obviously 12, Steve? You know, I've never done a third round reversal draft. So, but I can see why he would say it's 12 since you're getting back to back picks at the turn on the first one and then you're getting the the first pick of the, the third round as well. Um, so, you know, I don't have a, a wealth of experience there, but, you know, off the top of my head, I would have to agree with him that that would be the slot that I would want. Yeah, that that's where I lean to. I, I've never done a third round reversal dynasty draft, but I've been in Scott Fishbowl the last couple of years and it's been third round reversal. And I definitely want to be at the end. I actually took 11 in both, like just to move up a pick, you know, have a one pick, higher pick. But uh, I definitely want two of those top, you know, 12, 13, 14 uh, guys. And, and then you get the, what, that's 25th or 26th pick, depending if you take 12 or 11. So, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a long wait if you're one or two, right? I mean, you're, you're waiting. Exactly. And yeah. 23, if, if 24. You and then one, yeah. Until, you, yeah. You're, you're waiting till 212, which is, yeah, the 24th pick. Then you're waiting till 312, which is the 36th pick. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't. I guess I can see the argument in Dynasty if you really want that elite quarterback, but obviously that's not my thing. So I'm fine with not getting Josh Allen or, or Patrick Mahomes or whatever at the 101. Um, so that makes it even easier for me. But I mean, that's the only argument I can see for taking an early pick is you absolutely feel like you have to have that elite quarterback. But as I've said, I, I, I feel that's not necessary. You can still get a decent guy at the 11 or 12 anyway. So yeah. I mean, if, if if that's the route you want to go, if you value quarterback that high, then you get, you can take two at the turn. I mean, so yeah, I guess they're not elite, but you could still, you know, they're not the top couple guys, but yeah, not that top six or seven tier that everybody really wants, but you can still get some pretty, pretty solid guys in, in that range. So, uh, so we'll go on to the next question, which was, uh, from, uh, at OMG, it's Jay brew. And this is, this is the question that, uh, at least part of it that, uh, fantasy hockey trades is referencing um, the second part of it anyway. First, we'll get to the football part. How do you, how do you view Josh Jacobs moving forward? If he continues to do well this year as he has done his career, do you hold even if he goes to another team? Do you sell in season if he does well, regardless of contender or rebuild? 
and what is a fair return for him? There's, there's a lot going on in that, in, in that uh, little paragraph there, Steve. So answer whichever part you want to answer, and then I'll, I'll come in as well. I mean, I, you know, trade addict, so I don't really want to say this, but I feel like Josh Jacobs is probably one of those guys that if, if you've had him this long, he's probably going to be one of the, the guys that has more value on your roster producing points than you're going to get at a trade at this time. It seems like every year they're coming up with another reason why he's not going to produce long-term, even though all he does is, you know, churn out RB one high RB two season. So, um, you know, I, I move, I, I view him as a guy that if I'm contending that I want on my team because he's producing points and I can probably get him for a reasonable price. If I don't already have him. I, I've traded for him in a couple leagues, um, and I'm not that, I mean, the fifth year option, I know that's, uh, you know, what a lot of people are, are talking about and a reason to, to fade him and Zamir white and everything. But I mean, he's had a pretty historical start to his career in terms of, of finishes for, for a running back. So, um, I mean, you could eat away at his, his, uh, his pro his production a little bit, but I mean, the offense overall is going to be a lot better this year too, I think. So I think there's going to be more, more goal line opportunities and things like that for him as well. So. Yeah, that that's kind of where I've been on him, and I've I've been on the idea that they were gonna kind of ride him into the ground because of the whole fifth year option thing, but I'm st- I am starting to worry a little more about Jacobs just because, just because of Josh McDaniels and the way the Patriots ran their running backs, it, like they they never kind of ride one guy, and, and the fact that they threw Jacobs into the the first preseason game right from the start and gave him a bunch of touches, which is kind of odd given, you know, in today's NFL (laughs) to have the starters getting significant touches in in the first preseason game. That gives me a little pause too, but it's mainly the McDaniel uh, McDaniels thing. Just, you know, we've, we've always blamed Belichick for that, but McDaniel's been there for most of that ride. And I'm just a little worried. He's going to go more committee than they have in the past. You, you have any, worries about that uh, Stevie you think they still ride him I mean I I do have have concerns about that but again like we said every league is its own market and, and it's trade dependent so if you can get value for him and and you're worried then go for it but I just feel like everybody knows that news that narrative is so out there the echo chamber you know Twitter and everything that that's all anybody's talking about so that's why I feel like he's going to be more I mean even if even if he does produce less than he has historically, I still think he's going to produce more than you're going to be able to get for him in a trade. So, I mean, the only place I'm looking probably to move him is, is if I'm, you know, tearing it down and doing a complete rebuild, then then I'm going to move him. But otherwise I feel like he's going to be worth more on my team than, than I'm going to get for him in a trade. Right. And I, I generally don't put a lot of stock in preseason, uh, but that that's the one thing that kind of, Perks, perks my uh, perks my ears up is when I hear that you know guys are playing in spots where they normally don't play like a guys guys running with the ones that you don't expect to run with the ones or the opposite which is sort of what happened with Jacobs so we'll we'll see how it plays out but uh, yeah didn't didn't McDaniel say that running backs have to get hit I mean I, yeah it's it's whatever I mean it's you never know at this time of year what they're saying if you can believe it or not so I mean Zamir White played a ton Drake played too so. Um, it's not like other backs did not play when Josh Jacobs did play. So, and, and that said, I'm I'm not I don't I don't uh, have roster a ton of Jacobs, but I wouldn't be panic selling him off of it either. Like there was a league where he went uh, actually before that game it was the day of that game, he went for a twenty twenty four second essentially. Uh, <sighs> 
Yeah, which we were all like <laughs> kind of joking about in the channel. They like did, did Josh Jacobs tear his ACLs or something, and we didn't hear about it. Uh, so, so yeah, and, and then then they, that game happened. And it's like, oh well, maybe this justifies it a little bit. But uh, but and it was funny. It was it was the afternoon of that game? But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't sell him for that even now. I I, I not that you're necessarily getting a first for him. Maybe a 24 first. I don't know, but definitely not a 2023 first. But I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, he's all, he's, second either. I think he came into the league so young too. People, he's another one that they think is older than he really is. I mean, he's only 24. So yeah, he's um, super young for for how. Yeah, it's not yeah. like. Yeah, this is going to be his fourth year in the league. Yeah. So, um, also. Um, Jay Brew had a second part to his question. One was sort of uh, for Russ, which unfortunately we can't really do unless unless you're a big Disney guy, Steve, because I'm not. I am not, unfortunately. <laughs> so I saw this question and I was like, "This is going to be all Russ." So. Yeah, the, just uh, I'll just uh, read it just so we can explain, people here understand what we're talking about. He he first said, "Give me some new shows to watch, try out," and then he said, "Also for fun." Give me your top three Disney Pixar movies based solely on their music. Can't use anything about storyline or characters in your argument. Just the bops. So uh, maybe maybe we'll hold that part of the question until next week when uh, or next episode when Russ is back on. So, uh, but uh, and any new shows for him to watch or try out, Steve? I, I have a little. I'm taking this question a little different direction. So I was going to let you and Russ go first, and Russ isn't here. I'll let you go first. Yeah. I- Sadly, I have not watched any kind of new shows. I've been on more of a comedy kick recently, so I'm like rewatching Scrubs on that. Uh, there's a rewatch podcast that that I think's really good. Um, that damn Michael Che is a sketch show on on HBO Max um, that I'm enjoying, and then I've actually been watching a lot of old like Chappelle uh, interviews, like from talk shows and things like that <laughs> from his whole career recently. So. A state of the world or something. I just felt like I needed to laugh, so I've been much more into into comedies later. And it seems like most of the new stuff that's coming out is all drama, action type stuff. There aren't a ton of of new comedy shows that come out. So it's funny you said that because that's actually where, where I was going with mine. Is that I, I haven't watched a lot of new shows recently <laughs> either for whatever reason. The last year or so, I feel like I haven't really watched much new stuff. Um, so I was just going to give to a. a like recently I've been doing a, a community rewatch, but the, uh, I was going to give two rewatch suggestions, older kind of less popular ones. Cause yeah, scrubs community, the office, 30 rock parks and rec, things like that. The ones people always talk about or, or for dramas, maybe breaking bad or Sopranos. So I was going to give two, two different ones that you, you'll probably remember them, Steve, cause you're also older. And I, I knew Russ would appreciate one of them. I'm sad he's not here. But uh, I have one hour show, one half hour show. Calling them a drama or sitcom is kind of uh, minimizing both a little bit to me. But I, I don't know if you ever watched show. And this could be, if, depending on how old Jay Brew is, this might not even be a rewatch. This could be the first time or maybe you didn't watch them when they were on. But the hour show um, that I don't hear talked about a lot, but that I thought was one of my favorite shows back when it was on was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That was nice. a great yeah. show. Uh, very well written. Um, it, it's it's very funny. It's even though it's got the, obviously the horror elements. They they would do different things. There was a whole show where uh, nobody talked for like two thirds of the episode, and yet it was still entertaining. Uh, there's an episode called The Body where one of the characters dies. It was one of the, still one of the more interesting shows I've ever seen where they killed a character off. So that was a, a great one for me. And then the other one, which uh, would appeal probably more to the demographic of this show. 
both of these are late nineties, early two thousand show because I'm old. Um, but uh, Sports Night, I don't know if you ever watched that, Steve. But that I did was not a, watch Sports Night. No. Yeah, it's uh, Aaron Sorkin who did The West Wing. It was a half hour yeah. show. It's, it's not even super funny, but it's just really well done, really well acted, good storylines. There is some comedy in it because it's, it's ostensibly a sitcom, but it's kind of more than that. Kind of in the, if anybody watched The Good Place, it's you know it's funny. Yeah. It has its funny moments, but there's a, a lot of intelligence to it too, and it's. It's it's just both are really entertaining shows. I, I know uh, Buffy is streaming on Hulu. Uh, I looked it up earlier. It looks like Sports Night is well. It's in a couple of places, but you have to pay for it. I think it's on like Amazon Prime. You got to pay like a dollar an episode. So so maybe if you can purchase it the whole season digitally somewhere on DVD, that might be the better route to go than paying a dollar an episode. But it's definitely worth watching. Really good show. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I was a big Buffy fan when it was on, and uh, yes. my wife and I have been looking. We we don't have the same taste in TV, so there's very few shows that we end up kind of watching together. But she actually mentioned that not too long ago, so I need to bring that back up and uh, maybe start a rewatch of that. That's a good one. Yeah, it's funny too. It's funny too. Me and my wife actually, the same thing. Don't watch a lot of the same shows, but back back when it was on, we watched that show together. We've been together that you know since the last twenty five years or so. So uh, we were dating actually back then when it was on, but we we did watch it together. And uh, but yeah, it's a great show. And uh, if anybody it decides to try it out, its spinoff is pretty good too. There's a spinoff uh, Angel called Angel, which is also yep. very good. But both shows are. are really good rewatches i've rewatched that and i've rewatched sports night not recently but uh, i watched them when they aired and rewatched them so they, they hold up over time too so okay a lot, a lot of tv talk there so we'll go back to now fantasy hockey trade just because he mentioned he's currently watching or rewatching uh the boys superstore schitt's creek and 30 i've never seen schitt's creek i need to watch that because i hear so many good things about it uh I, I don't know if you've seen any of those shows. I'm sure you've probably seen 30 Rock because I think a lot of people. Yeah, have, yeah. 30 Rock is is a classic. That's that's a great show. I could watch any episode at any time and yes. and laugh the same whether I'd seen it a day ago or a year ago. So, and Shit's Creek. That's one where that's a weird one because it's like I never am tempted to to pick it on Netflix and watch, <laughs> but every time I do, it's like I'm just slowly watching it. Every time I do, I laugh, but it's just. For whatever reason, I don't, it's not a binge show for me. Like some, you know, one ends and you, you got to start the next one. And that that one's not like it for me. But I do I do enjoy each episode that I watch. So, um, And I know everybody loves The Boys. And I yeah. am kind of a, a superhero um, fan of, of Marvel movies and things like that. But I, I could not get into that show. I don't know what it was about it, but I couldn't get into it. So. Yeah, I haven't even tried The Boys or Schitt's Creek. And I've heard so many good things about them. I, I need to give them a try. I don't even know if Schitt's Creek would keep me going until the next episode. Because I, I haven't seen, I feel horrible <laughs> saying it. Because there's so many people out there probably like, what? But yeah, I haven't seen one episode of Schitt's Creek yet. I'm sure I've used uh, gifts from it many times on Twitter. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I haven't seen an episode. But his actual football question, which is one we get all the time. Um, what have you found to be the best way to keep trades constant and GMs active in a long running keeper dynasty league? And the answer is really, there's nothing you can really do like specifically to make people trade. Uh, if you're in a league where it's inactive, the best thing often to do is just get out and go to another league, uh, which is, seems horrible to say, but I mean, if you, you're the kind of person like us, who's a trade addict that, and you're not, you can't force activity. That's basically the, 
the the moral of the story here is you, you can't get people to do it. The one thing you can try for me is just keep throwing out offers. You you be the guy that spurs the action and maybe that spurs other people to do it. But Steve, any, any thoughts on this? No, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, I, so I commissioned six leagues and um, anytime one starts to get slow, I just try and throw out a bunch of offers because it is amazing how, it's one trade gets made and then all of a sudden it, it almost always seems to kick off a flurry of trades after a single trade gets made, especially at slow times in the year. In season kind of typically takes care of itself, but during the off season, it feels like, you know, one, one trade notification comes through and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a second to third or fourth and, and then it may die down again for a while. But um, so when my leagues start to slow down, I, I try and get out there and make offers and get at least one trade to go through. Cause if it's just a small one, it's like people, it reminds people that, Oh yeah, I'm in that, that league, you know, if they haven't been. Mm-hmm. And another thing is, is just staying active in the chat, even if it's, you know, stupid stuff. I mean, it's just keeping people active and engaged and discussing amongst each other. I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of trades are relationships. I mean, like in TA4, uh, you know, Russ and, and you, are, I've, I've got to know some of the others through the Cool Kids Club, but, um, you know, I can I can group me, you two, and just say, haven't made a trade in a while. And, and <laughs> you know, that it usually get something going that way. So um, just talking about other stuff in addition to football and kind of developing relationships with your league mates makes it go, go uh, trades happen in my opinion as well. So. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And, and, and to your point about the, the kind of what we both said about, you know, starting the first office offer that that's kind of been the case. Like if you've been listening to the show the last couple of weeks, I think we had like six TA one trades on the show last week and four this week. So it's just kind of been like a snowball that started. Uh, I remember when I think it was last week's show, they, when they started coming through and kept happening, they kept wanting to get more and more They're like, we're going to make the whole show, whole show TA one trades and they're going to have to put the other trades to the next week or something like that. Uh, that did not happen, but but it was definitely something they wanted to keep making trades on top of trades. So uh, that's definitely a way to do it. And uh, if you can get it started, as if you, whether you're the commissioner, you're just the most active guy in the league, just keep throwing offers out there and, and, and hope it gets it going. Okay, next question is from at Noob Engineer. It's an interesting one. What RB would you be willing to trade for Javante Williams? Would you swap him for Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Saquon, or just don't be cute and hold him? Just curious if you guys think he will ever live up to the hype fantasy points-wise. Thanks. So where are you at on Javante, Steve? So I have Javante in one league, and when the hype started to grow, ADP started to rise. You know, I made some offers of what you thought would have been fair value based on ADP, but nobody was taking it. So um, this is one where, at least in, in, in that league, I don't know that I've seen him moved in any of my leagues, honestly. I should look on, uh, you know, the DLF trade analyzer or something, or not analyzer, but the trade finder and and see some recent ones that he has moved for. Um but I just I haven't seen him move for what his ADP indicates that he should be for. So personally, I I don't think that he's going to live up to the hype, um, at least his ADP hype. Um, I mean, they brought Gordon back. I, I know that you know he's he's going to be the one A. He's going to get more touches than he got last year. But I mean, Gordon's going to be a thorn in his side. I mean, he's a capable running back. He's he's going to take touches. Um, and as we know, running backs have short shelf life so i mean is his range of outcomes is it possible for it to yes but i just 
I don't know. I, I see him as one of those guys that he could very well, he's going to be good. I'm not saying he's, he's bad, but I just don't think that he's first round startup material. I kind of agree. He's not first round startup material, but I do think he can sort of live up to the hype within, within the RB ranks. I, I, I in super flex drafts, he's, I don't think he's going in the first, uh, because generally there's like eight or nine quarterbacks for most a lot of super flex drafts going in the first. But I do I do worry a little bit. I mean, they're talking about now a pitch count with him, so th- that has me concerned. Not with him, with both guys, but like they're all their running backs. They're saying they're going to be at a pitch count, and it might just be. You know, I was kind of hoping with the regime change uh, uh, there in Denver that they might give him more of the run. I thought, I, I definitely didn't think he was going to be like, you know, Najee Harris taking 95% of the carries. Uh, but I was hoping maybe more of a 70, 30 type split rather than the, the almost exact 50, 50 it was last year. And I don't know that's going to happen, but I just think he's so good. He was my RB two last year. He was pretty close to Najee for me. I, I still think he's going to, you know, maybe Gordon gets an injury this year. Maybe it doesn't happen until 2023. I still think he is going to live up to that hype. It may not happen in 2022. Uh, in terms of the questions he asked on who you saw, I, I would not swap him for Saquon. I would not swap him for Eckler. CMC is tough for me. I'm curious what your thought on, on those three questions are. I'm going to let you answer first on CMC and then I'll, I'll I mean, my, maybe you can convince me one way or the other. Honestly, I mean, I'd have to think about CMC, but I probably would not do that. Saquon's the only one, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that thinks that, that, you know, you're kind of injury prone until you're not. And Saquon, when he's been healthy is, has been great. And so there's nobody else in New York, unlike Denver, there's nobody to be a thorn in his side. So, um, I don't know that I would do any of these because I feel like given where he's being valued, you should be able to get more. But I think Saquon's the only one that I would have a longer pause on. So you would do you would be more inclined to trade trade uh swap him for CMC or I'm sorry, for Saquon than CMC. Yeah, and I mean I guess context of team would be important to me. I mean if if I was all in to win, then I would I would lean CMC. But if I was more middle of the road or rebuilding, certainly I'd I'd want Saquon over CMC. So. Yeah, see, I, yeah. I mean, I just worry about the. the I, no, I, I'm a Saquon guy too. I've been very pro Saquon this off season, but I do worry a little bit about the Giants' offense. I I think I would just want those years over the other two guys. The only thing is, uh, of those three, I I think Eckler's going to regress this year. And CMC is the only guy where I feel like if he stays healthy, he could just like dominate uh, of those three, even though I think Saquon can be an RB and probably will be an RB one again, if he stays healthy, it's just, you know, if Christian McCaffrey can even give you 75% of what he's given you the last two years when healthy, which I've been vocal and somewhat having concerns about that, but I'm starting to come around a little bit that, you know, he's going to be the guy. And if he's, I just, I have concerns that he stays healthy, but I'm starting to get less concerned with this workload. I still think they're going to give him a lot of work. And if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. But uh, yeah, yeah, the upside there is just too much for me, I think. So I quickly looked on, on DLS trade finder and 
the only one I could find that was kind of a straightforward trade RB for RB at this level was there's one that was Javante in a fourth for Saquon, Romeo Dubs, and a 23 seconds. Hmm. Putting a lot on Romeo Dubs there, I think, again. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think I would... I think I would still take the Javante side, but I can definitely, I think it's a fair trade. Yeah. Yeah. I did, uh, I was looking at what what list when you were talking earlier. I I did trade him. This wasn't super recent. I think it was uh, end of June, beginning of July. I trade, and this isn't running back for running back, but Javante Williams, and we talked about it on the show. This is a TA league uh, for DK Metcalf and Michael Thomas. Uh, did I give up too, you think I gave up too much there? Or you think that's a good deal, Steve? I gave up to get Javante. Oh, you gave up to get Javante? No, I, I, I think I'd, I mean, that's pretty fair, but I think I'd lean Javante there. Yeah, I, I, and this is another league where I'm a, a heavy contender. So I, I didn't mind, uh, you know, I'm worried about DK's production this year with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. So, and I have no interest in Michael right. Thomas. I do not think a lot of people talk about the upside with him. I don't think there's, I think there's very little chance we're going to see anything close to vintage Michael Thomas this year. Even though I, I like Jameis, uh, I just I just think he's, you know, two years removed from, from playing consistently. I don't think he's going to be what he was, so. And he's got a lot of a lot more competition there with Kamara and Landry and and, and uh, Chris Olave and all that. So, all right, I got one more for you just because it's your guy. So <laughs> and it's not it's not RB for RB, but Javante Williams for Jalen Hurts. Oh, oh man, you're killing me, Steve. <laughs> uh, um, I think. And people are going to think I'm probably crazy. I think I would take Jalen Hurts. I would take Hurts for sure. Yeah, I yeah. I, I still think value wise. Well, I'm not sure. I, I think Williams is really close to for a lot of people to Jalen because I think a lot of people doubt Jalen Hurts' viability after this year, and I I don't as much as a lot of the community does. So, and I've said it uh, plenty of times. I I think he has the potential to just. Be nuts for fantasy football this year, given the upgrades to the passing game. So, I, yeah, it would be tough for me because I do I love both of them. So, but I would take I would take Hertz, and uh, I think I think I'm definitely making out points wise because he's a quarterback. But I think he just yeah. has potential, even in, within the quarterback range, to just I think he could be top three this year. So, it makes it worth it for me. Nope, I'm with you there. Okay, so I. I think uh, this is our last question now from at FF Tommy B. Do you actually sell high when a player you bought low on hits? I'll start first, then I'll let you finish up, Steve. I, I, I would say I try to. I, I'm in. Uh, I, I have recently like counted. I'm in exactly forty leagues. So uh, it. <laughs> Steve gave a little nod there. Uh, That's a lot of leaks. Uh, so it, I, I'm not always as active. Like if I was in fewer leagues, I think I would push. You know, do the, I would push harder on doing this when certain you know guys like Dubs or whatever get blurbs and things like that. Um, but I do try and do this. Like we mentioned earlier, I did do that Dubs trade when the buzz first started on him, uh, where I, I took the upgrade just from 
getting a third I was happy with because I drafted him, I think, at like 411 in that league. Uh, I recently uh, I, I bought a bunch of Watson over the last year and a half, and I, I've sold him in a couple of places because it's uh, especially before the exact suspension and the appeal came out his 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 value had really rebounded i think most people were assuming six to eight games and it still might be but uh based on that i think people were basically valuing in that kind of six seven qb six seven eight range and and i ended up getting adding very little to him and actually moving up at quarterback which is rare for me but i, I do co-own that team with andrew hall so that might be why but uh we we ended up getting lamar jackson uh with a little bit a little bit on top of deshaun so uh i i i do try and do that um and i have had some success but i do think too depending on the leagues you're in um like the leagues me and russ are in some of the leagues you're in steve uh, it can be harder when you're playing with a lot of sharp people uh because everyone knows you're trying to sell high on, on, on this guy that you bought low, especially a guy like a dubs or, or like Pacheco is a guy that a lot of people are getting, you yeah. know, the camp buzz about and trying to sell him for higher than they drafted him at, or maybe they got him off waivers. So, uh, but I, I definitely do, but not as much as I think I should. So, so what are your thoughts on this question? Yeah. So, I mean, I, without a doubt, if I am rebuilding or kind of middle of the road, I feel like I do this every single time. Like I have no hesitation in the process where I struggle is if it's somebody who actually I might be able to use in my lineup on a contending team. That's where I I feel like I should be doing it more than I do on those teams. So, um, you know, honestly, what you said is, I'm with you in the leagues that we're in and, and people kind of know what you're doing. And, and sometimes it can end up working to your advantage. Like uh, last year in one of the leagues we're in together, I mean, I took over a team and I was trying to sell Hertz from, from day one because a year ago at this time, I was one of those guys like, well, he may not have a job in a year yeah. and all that. So I was trying to move him, and no one wanted to pay me fair price for him. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'll keep him. And, uh, you know, I made the finals in that league. I didn't win it, but, and, and a big reason for that was Hertz. Um, and same thing in, in TA four, a couple of years ago, I, I, I got Dalvin cook in the dispersal, um, tried to move him. I know that's not exactly a buy low, sell high, but, um, it's just trying to sell when people are high. I tried to move them and nobody would want them. So, I mean, part of it is, is, is you, you gotta be able to get value for them, right? I mean, if you can get value mm-hmm. and sell high, then, then I feel like you should do it every time, obviously. But um, so, yeah, I mean, rebuilding and, and middle of the road teams without a doubt. And I just struggle sometimes when it's someone I can actually put in my lineup. I, I feel like those are the, the times I should do it more um, because odds are, even if they're in your lineup, the, the point differential is not enough to, um, you know, make it make it worthwhile holding on to them when you can if, if their value is going to dissipate. So. Yeah, that's a really good point too. Because I guys, most of what I was talking about there was stuff in the more in the non-point scoring season. Guys with camp buzz or guys like Watson, who things have gone up and down over the course of the off season. But when you're actually in season, like talking about a guy who literally actually hits hits, like in terms of production, it does become so much harder because you yeah. there's that part of your brain that's always thinking, oh well. He could keep doing this. Maybe I should just hold on to like if Romeo Dubs comes out and, and has like five catches for, for 90 yards and two touchdowns in game one. No, like no one's going to want to sell him, but the right <laughs> thing to do is probably sell him. Like, yep. 
Yeah, you're probably getting a first at that point if he has a line like that or something. You know, if he scores two touchdowns on opening day or something. So a perfect example of that was it two years ago when uh, when Watkins, who had burned everybody at least once on one of their rosters, yes. came out week one and just blew up. And you know, everybody should have sold him right there, but a lot of people were like, "He's back." Yeah. Like, <laughs> and listen, we now know he's Mister Week One, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, as Russ would say, that is the end of our show sheet. So that is the end of our show. Uh, I want to appreciate, uh, say thank you and say I appreciate you for coming on, Steve. This has been a been a lot of fun. It's always great to have somebody from the Cool Kids Club come on the show uh, and a guy I'm in, I'm in a couple of these with myself. So if you want to just tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, anything else you want to say before we sign off here? Sure. Yeah, I'm on, on Twitter at, at K-L-A-Z-K. Um, and really, uh, you know, you can find me in the Cool Kids Club, hanging out with Rocky and Russ and the rest of the guys in there. Uh, join join uh, the best chat there is out there for fantasy football. And uh, commission six leagues, like I said. So uh, if you're interested in openings in those leagues, uh, you know, I, I usually post those in the spring. A little past that for this year, but, uh, you know, would love to, to have. It seems like I always have openings every year, so. Okay. Again, thanks for coming on. Uh, Russ, uh, we'll be back. Uh, actually, not next episode. I think both of us are, are taking off post-expo next week. Uh, so we'll see who's in the host chair at that point. But uh, the, the episode after that, Russ will be back. And, and we're actually going to have another uh, Cool Kids Club guy on that week, too. So that should be fun. And uh, let me just finish up with some of our stuff. Uh, remember, ffpodshirts.storeenvy.com. Uh, all the Scott Fishbowl 12 stuff, I believe, is still in there. Everything goes to charity. Uh, follow the DAP Network uh, at DAP underscore network on Twitter. And, uh, uh, you know, we got all these great shows on here. Uh, make sure you get subscribe on YouTube as well. Rating, review, all that good stuff. Uh, I'm just going to shut up now. Good night, Steve. Good night, Rocky. Thank you, Thank you for listening to the Great Addict Podcast. A member of the DLS Family of Podcasts. And a proud member in the Dicey Addict Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FS Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time. On the trade at a Poopy Pan. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.